podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by bookmakers.com. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers brought to you by bookmakers.com. It is another glorious episode of full-time Reds. It has finished at a manic, wild, insane Anfield, Liverpool 4, Tottenham 3. Joined tonight by Kev. How'd you like that, Kev? <laughs> I'm grand. I'm yeah. grand. I'm sound. I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. Good. Yeah, just uh, just a was, little bit. Yeah, and it never needed to be, man. It was... Crazy game, crazy game. I mean, at the end of the day, we don't do things easy. We never do things easy. Yep. But we didn't really have to make it that hard. I mean, we did the hard work in the first 15 minutes. And my God, it is what it is. It's done. It's three points in the bag. And the fact that it was Jota who got the winner and not that Rich- not Richarlison doing his little duck egg dance, Ugh. getting it for a draw, taking his shirt off and celebrating a point, you know, instead of like, trying to get a winner, but no, no, I, all's well that ends well. Let's put it Precisely. that way. Precisely. All's well that ends well. You take the three points, take the positives out of it because there are plenty of positives out of it, but there's negatives as well that have to be addressed in the next, in the, yeah, you know, absolutely. sooner rather than later. And uh, we will definitely get into those. I mean, you said like uh, we came storming out of the gates and it would have been incredible to see what odds you would have gotten after 15 minutes on Spurs pulling it back to 3-3 after we were up 3-0 and if you wanted odds like that you should check out our show sponsor bookmakers.com for all of your best betting odds and all that goodness check out their YouTube channel for Gav's show coming out once a week reviewing the weekend's Premier League action and for any other stats and comparisons you need to uh, set your fantasy Premier League lineups if you're still even asked with playing the damn game going into the final couple game weeks of the season. So from the top, Kev, the lineup comes out, and we got Allison in goal. We've got Trent, Ibu, Van Dyke, Robertson. We got a midfield three for the first time ever of Harvey Elliott, Fabinho, and Curtis Jones, making his sixth straight start. And Luis Diaz, after I think 209 days, his first start since the 9th of October, comes back into the starting lineup up front with Gakpo and Mo Salah. Would you make it a lineup? Not going to lie, mate. The lineups made me nervous. It was um, the kind of thing that we talked about on Friday night that I didn't want to see a midfield three of Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott and Fabinho. Delighted for Lucho that he started. Um, the fact that he's had two, two, I think it was two off the bench, maybe three. He was definitely two three. off the bench. And the last one was a half an hour. So the next stage for him was to get an hour and see how he goes with that. No better place to do it at home against a side you've got good memories of. But this is why I said on Friday night I was hoping to see the changes in midfield. But I thought I was going to, I was expecting to see the changes of Thiago with Harvey Elliott. Nothing to do with Curtis Jones, nothing to do with his performances because I thought his performances have gotten better as the games have gone on. But I just thought if you're going to make changes, you got to keep some experience in there rather than just go for the two young players. And after a few minutes, I was like, what was I worried about? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, I I think it's just incredible the run that Jones is getting right now. I mean, six straight yeah. starts after, you know, just freak injuries and growing pains and all these things, even going back to last year, getting a finger in the eyeball and stuff like that. Like 
he's really struggled to kick on after in 2021 when he got that good run of you know uh appearances in the team when we were kind of injury ravaged it's so great to see him come back and I totally agree with what you said he just keeps building on it game after game and that it has to be why Klopp is persisting with him I mean it's not even persisting I I think he's making it so that the shirt is his and Tiago's gonna have a tough time taking it back off him for the rest of the year but I mean coming into the game just a couple of stats like Tottenham have two wins in now 36 Premier League appearances at Anfield. They have an absolutely dreadful, dreadful record when it comes to visiting Liverpool in the league. And I'm glad that we were able to continue with that. Seems like Kev is fro- – oh, there he's back. No, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, no. Two minutes, 47 seconds, I believe, was the official timing uh, on the first goal. Sal has the ball in the corner of the box. He lays it back for Trent, and Trent just floats in a perfect Trent Alexander cross. And Pedro Porro is completely lost. Has absolutely no idea that Curtis Jones is ghosting in behind him at the back post. Jones tucks it in, one nothing. Couldn't be happier for the kid because as well as his performances have been in this run of games that he's gotten, he was due a goal. Yeah, and the thing is, that's a really difficult finish. That ball had to travel. He had to see it coming all the way. He watched it all the way onto his foot and slotted it it's it's an easy one to shank uh it's an easy one to get underneath it and knock it over off your shin you know it was really well taken and yeah his performances have deserved it you know he he's generally safe with the ball he he's good at running with the ball and taking pressure on to himself to draw other players into him but he's also good at that side of his game as well the ghosting into positions getting into the box you know, he's deceivingly tall. He's six foot one, and he's got a decent. He had a decent goal scoring record all the way through the age groups up through the twenty threes, but the positions that he's been asked to play for us so far, it generally doesn't see him get into the box that often. So, it was a good start. It was a great start. It was an ideal start because we start. You know, in general, we started really well. Our pressing was really on it. We were forcing them to turn over the ball. We were exactly what we wanted to be. You know, um, and then rewarded that with the with the early goal. You know, it's uh, definitely what we needed. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, we came out like an absolute house on fire, and I mean, the poor Spurs fans after their last trip to the north, giving up early goals. It was I 120, 130 seconds later. Salah slides the ball in for Gakpo. It looks to me watching it, it looked like that ball was just going out for a goal kick. Yeah. And Gakpo just glides onto the end of it. Luis Diaz absolutely ghosts in front of the two Spurs defenders who are, again, completely unaware of the players around them. Like, just two examples in a row. Like, if that was happening with us, we would be losing our minds. So, you know, it reminds me earlier in the season with Gomez and Matip playing alongside Trent when it just seemed like they had no idea that the other team had players that could be wider than the goalpost. And Luis Diaz, first start since October, back onto the score sheet. Oh, it looked like it was on. Yeah, it did. Uh, you're right about Gakpo. He just looked like he uh, opened his legs out and just, yeah, because that ball was was going out. It, it just wasn't. That was anyone else that was going out. But he opened the legs up and got the ball back. But he got the ball back with pace on it. And it was a brilliant finish. It was an absolutely brilliant finish. He shouldn't be scoring from that angle at the near post. You know, he can't go anywhere else. You know, it's poor from the keeper. It's poor from the defenders. But the the shot was made easier by the power that came on the pass. 
So yeah, two 0 bang bang, and exactly as Hansen said, <laughs> bang fucking bang, and you're two 0 up, and you're thinking, here we go, it's Newcastle all over again. Yeah, you know? that's it's certainly what it felt like. I mean, a couple minutes after the after the second goal, Trent feeds Gakpo through, and it looks like he's going to get through. And Christian Romero, to his credit, an amazing last last second tackle to get in and keep Gakpo from uh, getting a shot off on goal. And then short-lived the praise for Christian Romero because a couple minutes after that, he absolutely sized Gakpo down in the block in the box. Any questions about it being a penalty for you? Oh, good God, no. Yeah. no, no, no. It was a straight. It was a straightforward pen, but it was really quick feet by Gakpo to make to make the pen. You know, the tackle was there to be won, but it was Gakpo's quick feet that took the ball out of the way, and then the nerves would kick in because it's a penalty. It's most stick standing up to take it and you're like he really needs this you know if anyone needed this he needed this more than anyone more than any of his goals going in the past he needed this penalty to go in because um and to be fair the way he took it that went high into the roof of the net that was you know more often than not they're the ones that strikers get wrong and they go horribly high you know, so that just shows the supreme confidence that he went down the middle, but he went high down the middle. So even if uh, the keeper, who's a big unit, even if he uh, left a trailing leg, he just hadn't a chance. No, he was know? never getting there. Yeah, his Mo's last two penalties, you know, he puts them wide left, trying to just be a little bit too precise and find that side netting. And when in doubt, just absolutely blast it right down the middle. And that's uh, that's what he did. Chris Brack in the chat here. He was going to be on with us tonight, but uh, he says, who doesn't love getting a last-minute ticket to the match? Shouldn't have come to needing one at last, uh, but let off for Jada winner was amazing. Yeah, Chris Chris was scheduled to be on the show with us, but the joys of being a local in the city, he was able to get a last-minute ticket and go to the game. So it's a pretty fun game to get to go yeah. to. It'll be nice to hear some firsthand accounts of what it was like inside of the, inside uh, of the stadium. I mean... I said before the match, I thought five nothing. I'm my usual optimistic self. I backed off from seven, and I'm not going to lie. When it was three nothing after 13 minutes, I thought, "Fuck, I should have said seven nothing." Because <laughs> it it really looked like it could be absolutely anything. And uh, Madge Apple had a comment I had up there that you said, "I wonder what the Spurs fans who left after the third goal were feeling." You know, sitting on uh, sitting on the coach going home or outside getting absolutely hammered, going, "Oh shit!" Now it's you know they brought it back to level. I. The the I I I spare a thought for him. I mean, honestly, it's a I long don't. way to travel. I mean, it's not in terms of a Canadian sense, but over there, <laughs> that's that's a long way to travel from London to Liverpool. You know, London to Newcastle to watch your team put in performances like that in the first twenty minutes. They were yeah, dreadful. They were they were really poor, but they they were a side or devoid of confidence and who looked like they didn't know what to do. And I got absolutely no sympathy for any fan who walks out the ground early ever. No. It's just one of those things. It's almost an un- it's an unwritten rule for me. You never leave early, ever. You know, it's just like because we've seen it over the years so many times. You don't know what's going to happen, and the one thing with Liverpool is we don't do it easy. But I did not expect to allow Spurs in the way we allowed them in. They were we, we had our foot on their throat, and we took it off. And I see, I can understand at 3 0 up, 15 minutes gone. Okay, let's just manage the game a bit, yep. see what they're going to do, and then react to it. 
because I expect the Spurs to just take the handbrake off and just go at us. And they never did. They never did. Every single attempt that they had in the first half was from our mistake. They did absolutely nothing apart from the goal. And other than that, it was a bad pass to Robertson that he just lost a run of himself and they were, they got in. There was another one, I think, that was crossfield ball that uh, Son was in with um, Ibu. And we were giving away the from the first 15 minutes where we didn't give the ball away in bad areas. And if we did, we were snapping into the tackle really quickly and winning it back high up the pitch like you want to do to just almost like a fear factor came in and we stood off and we allowed them to breathe. And they have too many good players to allow them that kind of luxury and time on the ball. And for their goal, and it's probably one of the biggest weaknesses of this system with Trent playing in midfield, is that long one-two that Hoiberg played with, um, I think it was with Son. And once you have this Ibu making that run to come out, and he comes out of position, Trent's already out of position. Yep. You, you, you play that one-two, although it was into Perisic, and you've taken everyone out of the game, and you're suddenly 2v2 uh, with four or five Spurs players running at you. And you can't, Ibu cannot allow himself to be dragged out like that so easily by a runner that was going absolutely nowhere. You know, he played the ball into his feet, played it back, and then into Parisage. And Ibu was nowhere. He just sold himself. It was really inexperienced, really poor from him. And then once Virgil lost his footing, it was um, a really simple cross from Parisage. And Parisage is brilliant with both feet. If he's if you give him time to pick his head up, you know, pick his head up and pick a pass, he's as good as anyone. And it was a good finish because Kane just volleyed it back to you know straight down the middle where Allison was and uh, through his legs. Not not much Allison could do, but Allison had a couple of saves as well to make, you know, with his feet. So it was coming. You you sensed it was coming, and you thought it's the last thing you want to do with a side when you're three 0 up is give him hope. Especially this Spurs side, because it's, you know they've proved against Man United in their last game, they're capable of of clawing themselves back into games. They did it from plenty of times under Conte. They were a second half team, you know, where they'll they'll come out of their shells and they'll have a right go when there's no there's no pressure on them, and that's what they did. You know, we took our foot off their throat and they got into the game. And the more nervous we got, the more they kept coming. And we just couldn't get anything going going the other way. It was so frustrating to watch, but at the same time, it must have been a nightmare for for them to play as well. Can't imagine what it was like for 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 fans in the ground. It must have been an absolute nightmare because they could see what was happening. You know, the yeah. fans can see what was happening, and it's like it must have been so soul destroying when you saw what was going on. Yeah, well, it's, I presume Bracky might be able to give us some idea of what it felt like in the ground because he's in the chat with us right now. And he said he's got no sympathy for the Liverpool fans that left at 3-3 trying to get an early jump on beating the traffic. You know, that's what you get. You stay until the end. This is Liverpool Football Club we're talking about. I, I mean, before Spurs even get their first goal, a couple of talking points. I mean, 33rd minute, Oliver Skip. On another day, he breaks Luis Diaz's ankle. Yeah. I mean... 
I can maybe understand it not being a red card. I have a tougher time understanding how the VAR doesn't even instruct Tierney to go and take a look. Just go take a look and see what you think, because you're the match official. You might not have seen it. He didn't even call a foul, Kev. Yeah. It wasn't even a foul. It's look, Paul Tierney is without doubt the single worst referee in this league, bar none. He's proved yet again that he's got an agenda. And I don't believe for a sec, human beings carry grudges and they carry agendas. So when Klopp called him out publicly, going back in, I don't know, it was last season or the season before, that's going to stick. Every which way you look at it, no matter how professional he thinks he is, that's going to stick in the back of his throat. And we got absolutely no no call. He was almost shamed into giving the penalty. He couldn't not give it. It was straight in front of him. It was blatant. But there were instances, and to be fair, he wasn't very good for for either side. There were incidences in the second half of the show we get on to that, like the Jossa one. Jossa should have seen a red card. That's what Kevin Ball but, says, too. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it, it drove me mad. But at the same time, it's not surprising. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's... It was poor, poor officiating all over. I mean, I'm just going to jump right ahead to it at the end. I wrote down, I think it's actually impossible to foul Mohamed Salah. Like, I think you could hit him with the truncheon in the back of the head and the ref would just let it go. That he ends up getting a foul called against him because his his flailing arm comes up and it clips Davies in the face and, you know, causes him to bleed a little bit from his mouth. But before that, Davies is all over him. And we've seen it time and time and time and time again. It's... It's so ridiculous that Mo Salah cannot get a single foul call. And you look at players like Bruno Fernandez and Harry Kane and whatnot, that they just seem to get everything that goes their way. Just before Spurs scored, though, I would be remiss if I didn't say amazing goal line clearance from Virgil van Dijk. Just Robertson turned the ball over. I think it was the second or third time where he had a real bad turnover playing the ball from the outside into the middle of the field. And it immediately just invited the Spurs pressure onto us. It's what you were saying, that their their looks at our goal all came from our errors and our being defensively lax and negligent. And it looks like Kane has fed Son in and Son's going to slot it into the open goal and Virgil gets back, clears it off the line. Happy days, two seconds later, they scored anyways. Like, shit. Yeah, and that was my biggest fear. They had enough time. You know, they had enough time left in the game that a third was going to come. We didn't get a shot off or put sustained pressure on them in any meaningful way in that second half. So it only it felt as if they got a second, they were going to get a third. Yeah. It, it just it just felt like it was inevitable. Uh, I it's it's been a while since I've seen us go into a shell like that. You know, uh, it hasn't happened often. Not in the last, not since the Arsenal game, anyway. That we've gone, that we've retreated back into a shell and played with pure nerves, you know, pure fear. And if I'll give, you know, they were saying in the commentary that Kanate was just all over the place, and he was. He was just a nervous wreck. Didn't want the ball, and when he got the ball, he couldn't wait to get rid of it. It was, um, it was brutal from start to finish. It really was, but. you know, I I was almost thinking to myself, get Joe Gomez on, put Trent on instead of Mo, and just revert to a flat four-three-three and see this out. 
prop. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. But he never did. He stuck with his guns. He stuck with when we were on the ball, Trent pushing in to go into midfield all the way. So it looks like he's gone all in with this with this kind of setup. And they're not going to revert back to what they were doing. They're going to stick with this to come hell or high Three water. Three at the back, baby. Three at the back. <laughs> I wouldn't mind if it was. It's not. It is, <laughs> it's a halfway house. I know. And you wouldn't mind if it was because if it was, at least when you're defending, you're defending in a back five. You know, with like, in fairness, you look at what Spurs did and how passive they were off the ball, but you looked at shape, it was 5 3 2. And when you got a runner like Hyomin's son who can run in behind, he's going to give you problems. Yep. Doesn't matter who you are. So as long as your service is right. But there are times in games when you have to manage it and you have to be flexible enough to read the danger, see what's there, and just address it and, and adapt to it. And I mean, look, we got out of jail. Make no mistake about it. If this game had finished 3-3, this would have been a very different part at the minute because people would have been going off rightly so, left, right, and center. Yeah. It was um, a horrific second half performance. Horrific. Yeah, I mean, I said to you just before we came on that thankfully Tottenham Hotspur aren't even half the team that Real Madrid is because very much like in the Real Madrid game, we came flying out of the blocks. We got a big lead early on, and then we just absolutely capitulated. And I think our performance in this game after we took the lead was actually worse than it was against Madrid. Like, it was just, we did nothing. We did absolutely nothing. The midfield, I mean, just talking through the player, I mean, I thought Jones was certainly better than Elliott. I think yeah. Elliot was was really struggling to find his positioning in this new system. I didn't mind him earlier in the season when he was playing game after game after game as the right-sided midfielder in that 4-3-3 formation. He seemed to know where he needed to be. But in this new formation, he just he looked a little bit at sea out wide. He picked up some good like when he gets the ball in the half spaces, he seems like he's at his most dangerous then. You know, when he's got an option to his outside with his left foot, but he can get his head up and look inside and all the passes are on for him with his left foot. But it just seemed like he, he was having real issues affecting the game and it wasn't great. Fabinho was all right, but nothing fantastic. Jones, you know, another solid game. If he keeps playing like that, he's definitely got a future with this team, yeah. but probably not as a first choice midfielder, probably, you know, first or second substitute coming off of the bench. Yeah. It was just like I, I like I mean fifty three fifty three minutes in Son hits the post off of a counterattack, lucky just absolutely full flush yeah, he, that ball hit the post. Yeah, he beat Allison Olins up with that one. Seconds know. later, 
how Christian Romero is that open in our box? Not from a, it wasn't a set piece or anything. He just went walkabout and Kane just about finds Romero for a Holland style, you know, flying ninja kick goal that Allison thinks is going well wide and it kisses the post as well too. And like, it was just like, holy yeah. shit. That's when we I were, sat there. I was like, it's coming. You we know, were three, it, nothing. Yeah, exactly. It was just, aye, aye, aye. it felt like it was inevitable. And I oh, know it was 3-1 at that stage. But yeah, it was 3-1 like... at that point. But, I mean, it was 3 nothing, And pretty much from, like, we should have come on and started this show three hours ago. Or two <laughs> hours ago, basically. We should have started the show about 20 minutes into the game and just done it from there. It would have been a much more enjoyable and fun show. <laughs> we were absolutely flying for the first 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. And then we completely, I mean, went into our shell is a perfect description for what we did. Like, no control on the ball. We had no like attacking threat really at all. Yeah. Gakpo, I thought really faded out of the game when he was so good in the first 20 minutes, just absolutely causing them all sorts of issues by dropping deep and picking up the ball and allowing us to switch play from defense into attack. Just, yeah, he was anonymous up until, um, you know, probably after about 30 minutes, he was anonymous. Yeah. And there are times when you want a number nine to be up front to occupy the center backs. You know, there are other times when he needs to drop off and create the box midfield and try to link play up that way. But he he almost wants to come deep all the time and be everywhere. Where if you have someone up front that you can play off of and get up the pitch, it's again, it this is all going to be trial and error. The way this is evolving, the way this new patterns of play are going to take time to bed in. And we're doing this on the hoof because there's only so much you can do in a few training sessions. And I think that's the large reason why he didn't want to change, make too many changes too often. Elliot's going to have to relearn what Klopp wants him to do. And it's yeah. going to take time, you know, and I've no problem with that. And there are going to be trial and error games when things go absolutely hor horribly wrong, like it did for their first goal. But there are going to be ways to address that by stopping the ball at source to begin with, by getting the press right from the off. There's no good in stopping pressing the ball when you're 3-0 up. If you're playing like this, you have to do it all the time. You cannot allow good players to get their head up and pick passes. So it didn't happen for the first 15 minutes where we were on them and we never allowed them any kind of time or space or anything. Anything that they did do was forced to not get in the press right and everything came from that. All their work, good work, came from us not being as aggressive as we should have been. Yeah. But yeah. Again, and that's, that's going to come with time. That's what Darwinian chimp says here at the comment that says stopping, stopping the attack invited all the pressure. And that's what it was, is that we really just said like, Oh, we're up three, nothing. We don't need to go with what we've been doing. What's what's gotten us all of our glories and honors in the last mm. couple of years. And it just does not suit us at all. Uh, Bracky with a report from in the ground. He says, Robbo had an average game, especially with his first touch. That's in his opinion. Nothing yeah. deeper. I, I could not agree more, Chris. I was saying to Kev before we came live that I think that's about the worst game I've seen Robertson play for us. They in a while. In a while. It's, it, not, he's another one that's got to learn uh, this position. It's, not, it's different being playing as a centre-back, as a, playing as a, a centre-back in the back three. The one that he, the very first one that he did, we trapped the ball and he thought he had more time than he did. And I think it was Kulusevsky got to him. And 
you can't make mistakes like that when you're the last man. Nope. You know, you cannot allow yourself. You have to be able to protect the ball and move it in almost one touch into you take your first touch into safety and the second one is to pass it off. I mean, even Virgil with uh, some of his passing, you expect some of his longer range passing to be a bit better. The passes were all there to be hit, but they were all difficult passes, you know, because Spurs wide, whoever was playing, it was usually Perisic because Perisic is so tall. To hit Salah from that kind of an angle, you have to be really good. It has to be perfect, inch perfect all the time. And they're never going to be. But at the same time, the other thing that didn't happen when we started to fade out against was we stopped, Trent stopped getting involved in the play. And when he's not on the ball and he's not being effective in midfield, then he's in a halfway house. He's tr- he doesn't know whether to stick, to stick or twist, stay in midfield or be ready to drop back into right back. And he looked like he was stuck in between the two, didn't know what to do. But at the same time, we couldn't get the ball to him in places where he could affect the game as well. So, yeah. So, I mean, we get to just over the hour mark, and uh, Bragg says here, thought Jordan Henderson subs helped. I don't think Nunes was effective today. Before anyone says it, Nunes can play as a nine or as left wing like he did for Benfica. So, 62 minutes, we see Henderson and Jota come onto the field. Harvey Elliott and Lucho make way for them. And I did think it helped. I, it's, I, I mean, obviously, if you're looking to be defensively solid, replacing a Harvey Elliott with a Jordan Henderson is is always going to help, regardless of how knackered Hendo's legs are for 31 years old. Yeah, he, Henderson came on and he he was fine. Um, the the one thing that frustrated me more than anything was before the end, the, like you said it earlier, the foul on from the Tierney gave a foul for Davies on Salah when yeah. it was Davies who hauled Salah to the ground. The ne- very next possession the Spurs had was the ball into where Milner was, where Milner gave up the foul for their free kick to score the third goal. Yep. That should have been a free kick the other way. Exactly. And that third goal doesn't happen. Yep. It's little things like that. And I, that, that's what Klopp's frustration came stirred from. And that's what the frustration came from because they, it was on their side of the pitch. They could clearly see Davies pulling uh, Salah down. And the, the linesman is right there. And he just doesn't give it. And the fact that he gave it the other way just tells me that Paul Tierney hasn't got a clue what he's doing. He, it was pure guesswork on his part. He didn't have a scooby as to what was going on because he just be, he couldn't see it, so he guessed. And it ended up, it, it fell for their third goal. And I don't think we could have defended that third goal any better. I the mean, run, Richardson's run was absolutely perfect. It when was. You looked at, when you looked at the... So no, but yeah, but when you looked at the line for the offside, it was they were like that, yeah. you know. And you have to hold the line. You either have to hold the line or drop. Yeah. You have to make the decision. And if you decide to hold the line, and someone makes the run, and the the run is perfect, and they get a goal, hands up. A lot yeah. of things have to go right for that to happen, and more often than not, it doesn't. But they've made the decision to stick to stick with the high line and to try to play the percentages with the offsides, and. So be it. It was it was a really good run. Finished it, and then he goes off with his little duck face fucking celebration. Takes his top off and ultimately looked like a right clown. Yeah, well, so I mean, of course that, he did. That's I, the, you, that's the icing on the cake for me. 
It is. I mean, we've kind of skipped over their second goal, but you uh, you referred to it there. If you're going to play that high line, you have to do it absolutely perfectly. And we did not do that no. for their second goal. Robertson, maybe even Kanate is playing Son just onside, but Robertson yeah. is playing him miles onside. And that's not something that I can recall seeing too often. Like, you know, our offside trap last season was fantastic. You know, maybe the best ever. Certainly the yeah. best in the league. It might have been the best in the world at the time, but it might have been one of the best offside lines ever. We were so tuned into it. And if it did get caught out, it was rarely, if ever, Robertson. If it was going to be one of the fullbacks, it would be Trent. That would be just that little bit later, pulling up on the line and drawing them all offside. Yeah, yeah. This one, he was, and again, this is why I said I thought Robertson had about one of his worst games. It doesn't mean that I don't love Robertson. I mean, all yeah. you have to do is go back to when he laughed in Jordan Pickford's face. He deserves a statue outside of the stadium just for that and that alone. Gunman uh, <laughs> Son, I mean, it's all too easy. And uh, Brian O'Halloran early on in the show, he said, Son scores the same goal against us every season. Never wins though, does he? And people no. think that Kane has wasted his career. Son is a year older than Kane. Well, I mean, they can, Thelma and Louise hold hands and waste their career and drive off of the cliff at Tottenham Hotspur for all I care. Uh, lovely finish. I like him and Son. I think he's a good, I think he's a good player. He's had a pretty, pretty terrible season. Uh, yeah. Good, good finish by him, but it was just coming. Like it was always, always coming. After they score, they get ready for making their substitutions. And I wrote down, I put it into our Telegram chat. I wrote, quote, Fuck me if Richarlison scores. And that was at 79 minutes. <laughs> Shortly after I wrote that down, though, the other big talking point of the game, Jota puts a high boot in. He gets to the ball first, but he catches Oliver Skip right clean in the side of the head. Should have been a red card, probably. If it was a red card, I wouldn't argue about it. Yeah. Um, Mane Never got gets some... overturned. Mane... No, Mane got something similar for the one he had on Edison. Uh, I don't think... Did he get the ball, though? No, he got Edison's head. Yeah. You know, and, and it was kind of like, do you remember? There used to be a wrestler called Big John Stud. And Big John Stud had, that was his finishing move, big boot to the head. The big boot, yeah. And it was that. Jota's, the only thing to save Jota was Skip, was, was ducking into the ball. But at the same time, his foot was dangerously high. And if it was given, I wouldn't argue with it. I yeah. really would. I genuinely wouldn't. And I said it at the time. And... You know, I'm pretty fucking straight when it comes to things like that. If I see something and I think it's a red card, I'll say it's a red card. Doesn't matter who who it's on or what team it is. But yeah, if it was a red, if it was a red, it was getting a red. Wouldn't argue with it. It was a horrible, horrible tackle, to be honest. Well, it wasn't yeah. a tackle; it was a fucking assault. Yeah, it's just, it, you know, let's call it what it was. He's, yeah, he's, it, yeah, Jota shouldn't have had his foot anywhere near that high. No. And it's, I mean, Brian O'Halloran says Skip and Jada probably both should have been sent off. Yeah, so it cancels out. Exactly. Right. exactly. The one on Diaz was a real nasty one. Yeah. And I but mean, it's, it keeps Spurs fans from being too sanctimonious in their complaints that it should have been, you know, they should yeah. have had the man advantage because the other, have. the other way to look at that one, it probably won't do Luis Diaz any harm to get clattered, you know, and to realize, yeah, I'm okay. And he bounced back up very he well. You know, and he did, how do you think he got on overall? I mean, he flitted in and out of the game, I thought. I mean, I think finishing his goal was lovely. It showed really, really good awareness to be in that position to score because he's nominally the left winger. 
and he popped up pretty much level with the right-hand goal post when we're attacking the ball. So that's good because you'd almost expect your left winger to be coming in back post and Gakpo would have needed to kind of do a loopy Henderson back post cross to get the ball to him. But he he really likes cutting into the middle of the field. Like it's this yeah. was obvious before he picked up his injury at the start of this season and even last year after we signed him in January that he really likes getting the ball and making that straight horizontal run across the field and changing the position of the team. He's he's getting there, but I mean, like you said, like when he got when that tackle happened, I was terrified. Heart and mouth, heart and mouth. Terrified. Craig, Craig Lowe puts a point in here, and I don't know if anyone has seen the uh, post match comments from Klopp, but he's saying that Klopp went back through previous games, pointing out Tierney was the ref for the non Kane red card. Yeah, you know, but the the one on Robertson that time. Yeah, it's Jono made the same so, comment that uh, he was making it up for not giving Kane a red card in the game last season. Because, well, you know, Harry Kane doesn't have a history of making those kind of tackles. So yeah. I guess neither does Diogo Jota. So you can't, if a guy's never had a red card before, you can't give him one now. I mean, it's, <laughs> the, it's the same sort of BS that Eric Ten Hag rolled out when Casemiro got his straight red card. That, you know, he played all those years in Spain and he never got a red card. Yeah. So who gives a shit? A red yeah. card is a red card. Like it's, it's silly, but I, I like that he, he wasn't down on the ground. He didn't, you know, like he, he just got up and he got back on with his game. So it's good to get him back into the run of things. I think the goal will do him the world of good. And it just gives us that one more option. And hopefully there's some friendly competition, you know, some interest South American competition between Luis Diaz and Darwin Nunez, and they can push each other on and spur each other to be that much better because I mean, I should jump ahead to when he came onto the field. A, again, a very ineffective substitute performance from Darwin Nunes. And I really thought he could get some joy against this Spurs defense because, again, they're shit. But at the same time, how many times did he get the ball in a position where he could run up there? Very Just about, I think, one. Yeah, exactly. And if you're coming on for 20 minutes to go, I was more impressed with the fact that he was harrying players trying to win the ball back. Getting it, trying to press players, uh, being aggressive. That I was fine with that. Yeah. You know, um, he didn't really get a chance to get the ball at his feet and isolate anyone and run one on one against them. But I think he need he needs a start. You know, he definitely needs a start somewhere, shape, or form soon because um, his confidence confidence for a striker is everything. And if that starts to ooze away from him, then you know it's yeah. a problem. Yeah, he's going to be in some trouble. So, I mean, we uh, we already touched on it, but just after we go into added on time, somehow Mo isn't fouled. Then Milner does what Milner does. And even though it led to a goal, I'm still totally happy with James Milner absolutely putting his foot through Harry Kane. <laughs> it's just, I mean, fantastic. So if you could have predicted anything and gone on bookmakers.com and pick up the odds for it, it would have been Richarlison scoring a goal and Milner picking up a yellow card. Cause, and then both of them came true from the free kick. I, I thought it was going to be an own goal for a second. I wish it would have been an own goal yeah. just so that he could have kept his duck going because with this stupid little fucking duck celebration, it would have been much better if he finished the season on a big zero in terms of goal scored, because uh, somebody said it earlier in the comments. Remember they paid 60 million pounds for this guy. 60 million. And what's even sadder is that I think Everton would give them the 60 back plus interest to have Richarlison back in their team right now because yeah. they are desperately short of Richarlison. When they score and make it 3 3, Kev, did you have any hope? You always have a hope, but I, I, didn't, I, 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 I was sat there, I was like, 
don't lose it. Whatever happens, don't lose it. You know, because there was still about another four minutes to go. You know, there was six minutes injury time plus yep. the extra minute for the goal. Yep. And the substitutions. So seven minutes to go. I thought, Christ, whatever happens from here, don't lose it. You know, but and if we did, it would have been on it would have been our fault. Yeah. We'd have got exactly what we deserved for the performance that we put in in that second half. And there would have been no arguing about it. None. But the fact that we went out the other end, I let you talk about it because I don't really remember the, the winner that much because I was busy. At the time. I'm not entirely sure how the ball got into their back four, but I mean, uh, just before they had scored, Ryan Hederox Mason makes two changes. He brings Lucas Mora and Arno Danjuma on for the two nominal fullbacks, Pedro Poro and Perisic make way. They score. And then they try to go into a defensive shell, presumably to protect the to protect the point. Because at yeah. that point, that would have been a famous result for Spurs. You know, it oh, would yeah. have spurred them on for the rest of their season for the run-in. It was right there. I had to. <laughs> it, they, they could have used this as a jumping off. And they still might use it as a jumping off point yeah. to try to ensure that they get a top six finish and at the minimum are playing Europa League football next year. Because I think that they probably need it. You know, I think Spurs need to be finishing in that top six. If they finish below Villa or Brighton, uh, who else could possibly catch them? Maybe, Bre- you know, probably not Brentford. But, you know, if they're finishing below Brighton and Aston Villa. Brentford are only four points off them. Okay, so then they very and well same, might be. Same amount against Blade. So. Yeah, so like they're now, as much as not having European football might benefit them in the long run, it can't sit well with their fans to be finishing below teams like Brentford, Brighton, Aston Villa. That's just well, not where Spurs are supposed to be, you know, using all the air quotes in the entire world to describe that. But yeah, so Lucas Mora is playing it right back. The ball goes into their back line, and I don't know if he's trying to play it square to Romero or back on a 45 to Fraser Forster, but he does neither, and he terribly underhits it, and he wears a number 20. And he took us to victory because, my goodness, what a finish from Diogo Jota. Just nerves of steel, absolute ice in his veins, gets his head up. He gets one chance. I mean, people say it. If there's one player on the team that you want the ball in the box to put the ball in the back of the net on our team, it's Diogo Jota. And he gives it the full FIFA celebration afterwards. I mean, fantastic. Fantastic. It was a it was a brilliant finish, and once he cut back onto his right foot, he just had absolute confidence. And it was something actually that um, Luke said on Friday night. Forster struggles to get down to the ball when the ball is low, and you could tell he did. You know, he, he it was like a big oak tree falling. You know, when he was trying to get down for it, and he couldn't. It was it was a brilliant finish from a proper striker. Yep. And the fact that Chris is saying there it was that's five and four for him now. It's um it's just rewards and it just goes to show you as well what we've missed in him not being available to us. And the fact that when you take someone like him and you take uh Luis Diaz out of the side, out of the options more than anything else, and you still look at the fact that we've scored sixty-five goals this season. We've conceded 42. Our goal difference is 23. We've conceded way too many. We've probably conceded 
about 15 goals more than what we normally would expect to in a season. But Jota is good for 20 goals in a season, you know, 15 to 20 league goals in a season. And Diaz probably will get you 10. You know, you take 35 goals onto the, that total and you're talking, you're upwards, you're pushing Man City's goals for. And that in itself puts you in a position where you're challenging. You know, it's it's like it's crazy when you we look back at the defensive frailties and everything like that. But you had two forwards who are capable of both getting double figures consistently. It's a huge loss. It's an absolutely huge loss. And plus the extra workload that you're asking everyone else to take on. It's um, mind blowing. It was. It's just one part of the total clusterfuck that this season has been. But it's a significant part. Is the injuries to significant players at key times, and you know the fact that we got out of jail and we got the three points is all I really care about. Performance would have been lovely. It would have been nice if we'd have rattled off six and seven today. It would have been. But I don't care. You know, we got three points. The fact that we didn't drop our heads at three three. The fact that we got back and we got a, we got ahead again shows that the side hasn't lost its bottle. You know, it's. Suffering from a crisis of confidence, but it hasn't lost its bottle. And when they went for it, they went for it and they got the rewards in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, completely, completely. Uh, I would be absolutely remiss if for the third show in a row, I did not mention my new favorite stat for this season, which is with his goal tonight, Mohamed Salah now has 28 goals in all competition, which pulls him level with the entire squad of Everton who have scored 28 goals in all competitions. So that's now the individual race that I'm paying most attention to at the end of the season is whether Mo can outscore Everton for the rest of the season and single-handedly score more goals than them because that's, mm. it's, that's embarrassing well, from them and huge, huge game tomorrow. Well, I ask everyone to chat, get your man of the match nominations in. And as Chris has done there with his honorable mentions, that most he's given it to Mo Salah for his all-around performance for the 90 honorable mentions to Jones and Gakpo. Um listen, Diaz gets it over Jota. I I wouldn't argue too much with Salah. I thought he was in and out of the game, but Chris was there, I wasn't. And you can only see so much on the camera. Yeah. Uh, I thought Jones had a pretty good game overall. But to be honest, it's tough. I wouldn't be going out of my way to give anyone a man of the match performance. No, it's, the, this is, uh, I'm going to abstain the, on this one. Like, yeah, I don't think Allison could have done anything about the goals. No. But I think he his saves kept us in it when we needed to be kept in it. And his distribution was okay. But Maybe the I, first I, goal, you know, it goes under. And whenever you see a ball go right underneath the keeper, you always, I mean, you have to think that you could have mm. done something better because you were literally in the same space that the ball takes up. Uh, Gar Max is honorable mentions for Salah and Jones, but for him, Gakbo is the man of the match. He's just brilliant and getting better every game. I completely agree. As much as I'm the chair of the three at the back committee, uh, I'm also a strong supporter of the Cody Gakbo is proving to be an absolute steal of the signing committee. He's he's fantastic he's so good uh somebody mentioned earlier i can't remember who it was that pretty much the rest of this season is just preseason. our preseason for next year has already started we're experimenting with things whether it's this new formation or the players and how they're going to play into it he's so 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 good 
and he's going to be he's a mainstay in the team like he's he's got the shirt it'll be interesting to see where the numbers fall whether he ends up wearing the number nine next year because i thought that maybe darwin nunez was going to end up taking bobby's shirt but if darwin ain't going to be playing every game it Mm. seems like the number nine should go to somebody who's going to be playing every game well dan austin makes a point that it should be the guy who paints the who paints the crossbar and the post (laughs) (laughs) i think that was definitely an extra thick thick layer put on for sure yeah well, we didn't uh, need it for the Son one because I've never seen a ball hit the post and come out at a perfect 90 degree angle. Like it yeah. was, he smacked that one flush against it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that to me, if I had to sum it up, that was a smash and grab 4 3. And I don't yeah. know how you do a smash and grab seven goal, you know, odd goal at a seven game. It was. But trust me, of- they're, they're the games that you need to be coming out the better off. Yeah. And the fact that, more often than not that we do, it is a nice feeling. There's nothing better than a late winner. Uh, it just means now that I can watch match of the day two tonight. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to watch it. But instead of what, actually, no, instead of watching now, I'll watch the guys in the Fatback Four because they're all going to be back at 10 tonight and they'll go through this with different eyes and have different perspectives on what me and Matt have just described. So, you know, come back at 10 o'clock tonight and see what the lads have got to say because I'm sure it'll probably be uh, ups and downs. Yeah, for sure. Just, you know, just, just like today's bit. game. Yeah, there'll be, be plenty of ups and downs. Rory Fitzgerald with his uh, regular contribution, which we absolutely love him for. Klopp's uh, post-match comments. Uh, Klopp says, we have a history with Tierney. I don't know what he has against us, even the way he looks at me. My celebration for the fourth goal was wrong, but what Tierney said to me when he gave me the yellow card, wow. Wow. So uh, it'll be interesting if we hear uh, anything else that comes out of that. Because if we're going to hold the managers and the players to a certain level of decorum and respect that they need to show to the officials, that's a two-way street and it needs to go back the other way. And well, well I'm sure someone will lip-read what Tierney said to him. And yeah. we'll find out. I've no doubt that by 10 o'clock it'll be all over the internet as to what was said. Yeah, precisely. But and There is definitely history there. Highlight of the game. Baz Brown said this uh, coming up on almost an hour ago before we even started. <laughs> going to be a difficult running now with Klopp doing his hamstring. Look I'll tell at- you what, for, for a man of his age, and trust me, I'm not far away from it, that's painful. Yeah. That is, it, that's that's going to leave a mark for sure. He's going to need to borrow. He should ring up Leeds and see if the Lielsa's uh, cooler is available for him to sit on for the rest of the games this season. Yeah, and, I, uh, I, don't, I don't think he's the kind of character that's going to sit down too much. During he doesn't game, seem but... like he has the capability of sitting down during a Liverpool I... game. And uh, Goldie here, Chris Golding, was uh, wondering if these, these were first uh, cop fist pumps since October. They might have been. He's been he's been it's, pretty anti fist pump for a long time now. Because a there's been not a lot to fist pump about, and b he's really been playing it down. I don't. It doesn't help when that guy with the with the steady cam goes right into his face. Like give him some room. Use the zoom lens on your cameras and give the guy some space to celebrate the way he wants to celebrate. It doesn't help having a cameraman be about six inches in front of him. So, yeah. Uh, like Kev said, we got the fat back four coming up. Uh, what? just under two and a half hours here. So everybody has an opportunity to go and get a refreshment and come back here and be in the chat and Gav and the fellas yeah. delve get into the this cans in the fridge. More. Just get the cans in the fridge, lads. You know, the, you know, the rules, just get that's the what, cans in the fridge. That's what I bank mean. Holi- it's a bank holiday over here tomorrow. So oh. you've no, you've no excuse. May well, day there, tomorrow. Uh, May day tomorrow. Go. So what are you guys getting Monday off for? That's bank holiday. Labor day. Labor day. Labor day is in yeah. September. No, we have it in May. 
We've oh, got two bank holiday Mondays in May. Oh, we got one at the beginning May. and one yeah, at the end. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the rest of the world celebrates the proper Labor Day, the proper workers' holiday in May, not uh, what we do over here in North America, the 1st of September, which is mental. But yeah, so the show tonight brought to you by bookmakers.com. Head on over to their website, check it out for all your best gambling odds, but be responsible about it all. Nobody needs to lose their uh, shirt over gambling on sports. That's just absolutely silly. Most importantly, check out the show description. You can help us out with our charity uh, partner that we're working with for this season, the 12 women from the Dublin GAA club that are running the Dublin Marathon, raising money for breast cancer awareness. We're going to keep hammering you guys with it. All we ask that you guys do is donate if you can, share it into your social medias. If you need something to print out to put up at work or if you want to put it on telephone poles around the neighborhood, by all means, get a hold of Gav at lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com. He'd be more than happy to help you out with some information. We're just going to keep doing it until they get there. I mean, they're willing to run marathons, so it's easy enough for us to do this little bit. That's simple, simple, easy. So take two hours, get yourselves all back and ready again. Gavin, the lads will be back here with the fat back four at 10 o'clock Ireland time. Kev, anything else before we go? No, that's me done until Wednesday, I think. Yeah. Back for a midweek. We're playing again Wednesday night, I think. Yeah, we got Fulham at home, the second of three straight home games uh, as we get into the end of the season. I mean, the results yeah. today didn't really go our way. Aston Villa decided to hit a downturn in form when we absolutely needed them to, and Southampton played like the worst team in the league. So Newcastle and United both got the three points that we desperately needed them not to get. But, hey, until the math says it's physically impossible, let's just continue to hope. Liverpool, all we can do is just keep on winning. So, Thanks for joining us on Full Time Reds. Come back for the Fat Back Four later tonight. See you guys. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit